Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I'd like to welcome everyone to the third episode of the Give and Take podcast, sponsored by Travis MSA. With me here, here today, I have... Rayon Saman, the marketer of MSA. Um, Asahan Osmani, the representative. And I am Afifa Amin, the vice president. So as October has been rolling around the corner, we kind of wanted to go with a little bit more of a spooky theme for the next couple of episodes. So today we're actually going to be talking about jinn and the supernatural side of Islam. Um, before we sort of st- start our main conversation into sort of Tarawees and black magic, uh, we kind of want to start off with like an introductory definition of what a jinn is. So if you guys just want to define that real quick. Okay, so uh, I actually searched up the definition on Google what jinn is. It's kind of funny because I see genies in the images, which is definitely not, you know, what jinn can be even, like, described as. So the definition is an intelligent spirit of lower rank than the angels that appear to, that appear to be in animal forms and humans and can sometimes possess humans as well. So, yeah, yeah. jinns are not, you know, anything to be scared of. Are not yeah, I think Rayon. I think Rayon described it well. The way I see it, Islamically, is just another being that's obviously been said in the Quran in association with humans. So it's just another being that's supposed to obey Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So that, to me, like what exactly what Rayon said, like it's something we can't see. They could take forms of other animals or any other any other humans. So they're kind of more versatile in a way in terms of us, but obviously. I'm not sure what I'm not sure if we're more intelligent or they're more intelligent in terms of you know just living on the planet, but I'm not sure about that. That's the only thing I can get. From what I can see, uh, or from what I've like researched, it's supposed to be sort of like they they don't have a physical form in the same way it sense that we do. From exactly, they they don't have a physical mm-hmm. form, but they can also come inside of physical forms, like you know, possess anything they see, like. Mainly they're in, what I've heard, mainly they've been in, like, black cats and uh, crows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, they're mainly in that. And so did, that, that's basically all I know about them. So, do they mean any harm or anything like that? So, there's, like, I heard there's, like, like people, people can be compared to as gins, except not, obviously, the physical form and stuff like that. It's just that uh, there can be, like, good gins and... Uh, Good, or good people and there can be bad jinns and bad people so some of the good jinns if you won't do nothing to them i'm pretty sure they won't do nothing to you that's what i've heard but the bad jinns like they can come and possess you for no reason like if you're what i've heard is that if you like talk bad about jinns and you're outside that's why uh that's why like that's the main way people get uh possessed that's what i've heard but i'm really not too sure on this topic but that's like the little you know uh dust of what i know yeah, like mm-hmm. I said, it's not it's not something to be played with. I heard that um, if you are in a setting where there might be a jinn present, um, people typically say that to get rid of the jinn, people usually read the Quran or like any place that has a Quran. If there's any recitation in that, let's say for example, um, from what I've been told as a child, um, um, whenever you're in a house that there's tilawat of Quran or like recitation of Quran in the house, there shouldn't be any jinns around. I'm not sure about the, how valid that statement is, but I feel like that's the best way to stay away from it in some sort, because sometimes, like you said, sometimes jinns are good 
I heard there's so many stories I've heard where people have been actually guided by jinns. I'm not sure. What, what do you think of Fee? From, from what I don't really understand about that is if we're placing them on sort of like a similar level as humans to where they're both like subject to Allah, then why would a Quran have anything to do with keeping them away or anything like that? I guess we're talking about like the negative jinns in that sort of sense. Yeah. But I wouldn't understand how... <laughs> like the book of their faith would would affect them at all and not like a positive manner so basically uh something i know about good jinns it's something that my grandma told me about like something that happened in pakistan or pakistan but Ooh, these stories uh, man can't wait for them yeah okay okay starting the jinn stories there's there one good jinn story that i heard like one time my grandma she was just sleeping and she just woke up randomly and she sees somebody in the corner of her room Sitting in a thob. I know y'all are laughing, but chill. Like, <laughs> I can't hold this back. There was a person sitting in a thob, like in the corner of a room with like with a tasbi. And oh, my man. grandma, like, okay, so what I've also heard is that once you see like something like that, just continue, even though how hard it is to continue your normal life, just go back to what you're doing. Try not to mess with it because you don't know if it could be good or bad like we were talking about. So, She's seen the uh, she's seen the like the person in in like a white thobe who is really tall stand up and open something. But my grandma went back to sleep, and she uh, basically when she woke back up, obviously uh, she couldn't see it. But when she opened her cabinet, she saw some like money sitting there, and there's no way they had money there because they just got that closet that pantry or whatever you want to call it that cabinet so maybe the whatever type of supernatural resource was that like it gave it gave them money because i've seen i've heard many stories like that happen like money come out of nowhere there's no way like there has to be something that put the money inside of there the way i kind of look at it is if like if we can get like but can i I just want to say something not to take yeah, what were you saying? Nah, it's on. You, you got it, man. Okay. Oh, my voice kind of cut. Okay, my bad. So I just I don't want to be a skeptic or anything like that, but um, is this like not to take any no offense to your grandma or anything like that, but like, do you like what if what if it's something she's dreaming or what if it's something that she's just no seeing? No offense to your grandma. Could be that too, but then. But it could be that too. But what explains the money? Like, what explains the money coming there? And I mean, there was no one in the house too. There's always coincidences, right? Like that the previous owner just thought something. The way I look at it is, if, like, if there ever is like a skeptic of Islam or anything on of, of those lines, like I feel like proving that like jinns are real or something along those lines, or like jinn encounters, would probably be like the best way to deal with, like, sort of a counter argument against it because mm-hmm. y'all want to talk y'all want to talk more about like oh. encountering people like who have been possessed have, with jinns and like have how you encountered people i no i have dude there's no way i've encountered somebody I'd... and i just seen i've Travis personally i've just seen a bunch a of youtube place. videos and oh, people Travis high school nah that's just the weird people i don't think no one's gotten possessed over there but I know, like, 
once you're possessed by a jinn, it's it takes a lot of time to for the jinn to come out to you. And when we were talking about how like Azana, when you were talking about uh like reading the Quran and stuff, there's only one way. There's like there's been a lot of controversies on how like how to get black magic and like jinns out of you. Some people do weird methods like uh like there was one case of like people getting hit and stuff till the like they lock the person down possessed and they keep on hitting them till the jinn comes mm-hmm. out. But that there's no way that's true because in the Quran it's I know it's like something like the only way the jinn can come out or something like that or to have black magic undone on you is the source of like of Allah's like the Quran. So you have to recite the Quran. You have to have someone around you recite the Quran with the possessed person and that's how like that's how the jinn gets out of the body. I mean, that's what I've heard and seen the YouTube videos about. But see, look, I think that there's different ways to approach this. Like, for example, like if you see someone who's gotten possessed or anybody who's being possessed or anything of that nature, I feel like there's always like um, I was watching this YouTube video. There was like this guy. He was like one of his homies hit him up, and his friend got possessed. This guy always used to mess around, play. You know, you guys know what the Ouija board is. They, he always used to do the Ouija board. He always tried to contact the other world, you know. And one day he messed up and he got possessed. And he said the best way to, like, solve that problem is to have a scholar. So there's many imams, scholars, whatever. I think there's, like, a method that they've practiced or something. Like, it's something really weird. Either they they verbally, like they kind of like negotiate with the jinn to come out of the human being. And sometimes they try to interact with the jinn and make it feel like at home. Like, for example, there was this one person who was like, um, um, one of this, this imam was trying to get a jinn out of someone. And the imam was literally telling the jinn to eat with them. He was saying a bunch of duas while they were eating. And the jinn kept on like um, denying it. And they kept on going back and forth, back and forth until the human aspect of that person would prevail out of the jinn. You guys know what I mean? So I feel like whenever you're in that... What did you say? So you're basically like slowly like it out like... I don't know how to explain this, but like it makes sense what you're talking about. Yeah, so like I feel like if that ever happens to anyone, I think it's best to like call out somebody who's more like Islamically inclined and knows more about that stuff because... If you ask me, bro, if I saw somebody possessed, I would just run the opposite way. It doesn't matter who it is. I don't know. My, so, do, do these sort of, like, occurrences just happen without reason, or? I feel like these types of things only happen to the people that mess with that type of stuff. Or, or I've also heard that, like, you know, uh, we're not supposed to, us as Muslims, we're not supposed to be out, like, right after Maghrib. Because, Really? Uh, Why? I've, I I swear I've heard that from somewhere. I don't know if it's true or not. I feel like my mom's I'm, told me that. Bro, my mom is my mom's baby telling me that. Like, don't go around trees after Mugrip. Who else heard that? I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. Like, I feel like they've used that to... as an excuse just to not let us go outside after Mugrip. I, I don't think that's real. I found the quote. When the wings of the night spread, keep your children in for the devils come out at that time. I, I doubt that there's a devil in my neighborhood. Like, stuck for a while like that i don't think that's gonna happen maybe everywhere but i get i get what you're saying like if you see like a black cat while you're walking outside at 9 p.m then obviously you have to go the opposite way 
<laughs> I don't know any other way to put it. Yeah, that that I've heard that too. I don't know if it's like I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I can't be the only one. Like, don't go around trees after muckrib. Because oh, I don't even know if this is true either, but I've heard that like like gyms revolve around trees or something like that. Or like around foresty forest forestry areas. Bro, you're gonna make me not step out of my house after Mugrib, bro. The, the more you talk about me. this, the more weird this gets. The more I'm... <laughs> I mean, kind of world is. Bro, it's a world we live in nowadays. What do you? <laughs> I don't know. I can't go near trees. Is that why there's no trees near uh, Mario Mustard except in the out in the outskirts? And it's just concrete. No, but... <laughs> no, I don't think it's that. All right. Um, we kind of wanted to go into a different one, a different sort of train of thought with this. Um, there are these little necklaces that we have. I think Ryan's talked about this a little bit, and some of you guys might wear them for sort of protection. Uh, but they're called Ryan. You want to pronounce it correct for me? Yeah, it's called uh, Dawis. Dawis. I'm not too familiar. That's with like them. a. Sm- not gonna lie. So basically, what a Dawis is, uh, it's like. It's like a necklace. It's a rope necklace with a with a small piece of paper, and basically, like imams, uh, imams basically just wear uh not wear they write uh short stories down and stuff like that for protection against other people and like good luck and stuff like that. Like my dad wears one, but one day uh, I think I was with a thief and uh, a couple of a couple other of my friends, and they were like we were just watching YouTube videos about uh. About like, you know, like jinns and like Islam and stuff like that, and we stumbled across this topic of Dawis, and we just basically found out that some people who make Dawis, uh, basically once you make the Dawis, you can't really open it because it's tightly sealed, and it's super like small and compact. Open it, it rips apart, and you basically can't see what's written inside, and that's what the main problem is. So some people could really write. Uh, like black magic, like black magic in Islam is like written backwards. So you write Arabic backwards. So it could be that it could be anything in the world, but you don't know though, right? So that's that's what make that's what makes a, a big problem about it. If if that's Islamically right or wrong. So I, if you should wear one, uh, someone could literally just go around making like black magic papers and shoving them in little metal box. Yeah, that's what they did. That's I know I know for sure because. People in Pakistan, like, the way you, uh, you charge, you basically pay someone to make it for you. Yeah. Right? So, but you don't really know what's in there. Because the Tawiz, the general term is just you have something in there for protection. But you yourself, you don't know what's written in there unless you wrote it yourself. So, like, this is written by, like, other people, you're saying? Yeah, like, it, it can be written by, like, Ima. I'm not sure. It can be written by, like, in Pakistan, I know my dad got it from, like, Masjid or something that he used to grow up go, uh, going to. So, yeah, but you still you still don't know what uh what can be inside there. I feel like this is something that's been introduced on the other side of the world, like the South, like the Asia content. I haven't seen any of this like like here. Like I don't see this really often. Like I I get what you're saying. Like a lot of people wear it, but it's not something you see like quite often. People usually 
if they if they want protection or if they want good because according to the definition if you wear it it gives you good luck and protection so if you want protection or good luck or anything of that sort people usually just say to like read their duas or like um go out um like you know just regular stuff i don't i don't, I don't really see that nowadays yeah but azan how are you gonna look stylish while doing it i think that's the that's the really that's the really big point here <laughs> You got a point. And also, like, a lot of people, like, so when I was at uh, Omara, someone tried snatching the Tawis from my dad's uh, neck, basically saying, like, they were yelling in, like, a different language, because obviously we, we, they were yelling in a different language. I think it was, like, some type of, uh, I think it was, like, uh, Arabic or something, because we obviously don't speak Arabic or understand it, but... He basically tried to snatch the Tawis out my uh while we were while we were doing Tawaf too. That's the funny part. While we were doing Tawaf, the person tried to snatch snatch the necklace out uh or the Tawis out out my dad's uh necklace uh out of his neck. And there was a whole fight that not a fight, but like people were around and they were just trying to like, you know, trying to tell everyone to back off and cool off cool down. But that's where it comes in a bad part too, because I don't know what could be written inside, but I understand that person's, uh, you know, thought process of like why you would want to snatch it because you don't know what you could have. Yeah, from from or or to be honest, from what I understand, I think you guys are right when you said it was a little bit more of a Southeast Asian thing because it's not. I, I've asked around, especially for sort of like my Middle Eastern people after we had that like midnight conversation. It is not a thing like that often with Middle Eastern countries. So I, I, I think there might be a little bit more of a stigma around it where we do believe that like stuff like that generally happens where someone would write like a curse in it or something along those lines and just it sort of gets back to you. But right on your basically muted. committing shirk. You're basically putting your faith not into Allah but into what's written in here. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think about it like that. I feel like the people that objected, like your dad at the time of Umrah, they probably thought it was the other way around. Like they probably thought it was some dark magic type of stuff because obviously, like you said, it could go either way. It could either be, I could have either Quran sayings or it could be something that's completely different and bad. So they probably thought of the worst. And obviously, I feel like since you guys, you said that you couldn't understand the language the dude was speaking in, you couldn't really say anything to him. But if if you had the ability to talk to him, I'm pretty sure you guys would say like, Hey, um, this is Quran versus not not the opposite way you're thinking of it. But um, yeah, if you've... hold on, Ryan just kind of opened up a little interesting uh, train of thought with that. Would believing in jinn be considered shirk? No, believing because in... jinn are no, because jinn are are they're listed into the Quran, like mm-hmm. they're uh. They're obviously stated in the Quran, so that's why. But isn't literally like like I sorry to cut you off if you literally in the Quran and Surah Rahman, it's like um like um for the people or I think it was like let me search this up again. My bad. So basically it mentions humans and jinns in the same sentence. So they're almost of the same existence. So it's not shirk acknowledging them because they're basically it's like you're acknowledging some other person or anything like that because they're deemed around in the same sentence whenever it comes to um Islamic 
sayings in the Quran in the verses. Well, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Because from what I understand from the like Islamic definition of them, uh, jinn aren't necessarily defined as good or evil, right? Like it does, it just sort of recognizes that they're spirits. Yeah. I feel like most yeah. of the, most of the idea of jinn come from sort of like culture be- cultural beliefs or like kind of sort of folklore. So would believing that like I forgot what what the YouTube channel name is. What's that YouTube channel that makes a lot of Islamic videos? Like Merciful Servant or something? Yeah. I watched one of their videos and it was like, it it was something along the lines of like, um, each time you sin, you're letting a jinn into your heart. And then eventually the the jinn is just going to stay there because when you let something in enough times, it makes it its home or something like that. And I'm just like, why have you already calculated the jinn? as something of like a negative value when it hasn't been transcribed as that. So would believing that like a jinn has like similar value of like that of like a devil or a demon, would that be considered shirk? That they have like that effect on your life? Um, I'm not really sure about that because I feel like whenever you're, I think that it depends on the way the person's like acknowledging the jinn. If you're acknowledging the jinn as like a die or deity that's like really bad, evil or anything like that, obviously then it gets you. But if you're just looking at a jinn as just a mere human, like something that we can't see and is something that's equal to Allah as we are or any, because in the Quran, like they talk about how there are different creatures besides us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't state whether that we're equal to them or not, but they say that um, it is something that is acknowledged at, in the Quran. So I feel like it depends on the way you approach the jinn you're thinking about. Is it something that you're thinking in an evil manner? Or is it something that you're thinking more so as just a like i don't know how to describe it what do you guys think i feel like it's generally always thought of in an evil manner though right i feel like that's been characterized over time because of like like what you guys said like folklore a bunch of stuff people write people like the way they acknowledge it is as something bad so in a way like yeah nowadays people can put it in their hearts as something that's bad i don't know how to I, i don't know how to approach that okay um, I had another topic I wanted to go into more so because I'm curious about it than uh, it being like scary or fitting with the theme of the episode. Ryan, are you good, by the way? It seems like you're lagging a little bit. Yeah, no, dude, I just lagged out, but I'm good right. now. Can you guys yeah. hear me? Um, yeah. So I did a little research for the episode. Can someone please explain why I'm reading so much about wizards? <laughs> Wizard. uh, what did you search up? Wizard bro? I'm on the, uh, I was on the Wikipedia page before this episode. Uh, it said something about. Okay, that makes sense. You're on Wikipedia. No, what do you there's like 80 citations. <laughs> no, actually, I'll, there's 142 citations. There's no way. All of these. <laughs> Wait, like Wizards of Oz or like Wizards of Oz? <laughs> <laughs> like people are summoning. The Wizards of Oz. Actually, no, we talked about this. Remember, Ryan? We talked about you can summon Jin to do tasks for you. But then they're like, they're gonna be like, oh, but you have you're gonna have a debt to pay in the end or something like that. Isn't that like, isn't that like selling? Isn't that like selling your soul? Kind of, I don't know. I've never, I'm, I don't know too much about that. I feel like if I mean, you if you align yourself in that nature in that world, then you're gonna have to do something. So, or you're gonna have to do something to repay them because people like the people that do black magic and stuff like that, like where on said they do sell their soul to the jinns and it's not, it's not the way you're thinking of it where it's like, you're going to ask the jinn and tell them, are they going to do whatever they want or they're going to do what you want? I feel like it's the other way around that people that do that type of stuff. They, the jinns literally tell them what to do. So they basically worship the jinns. That's what 
black magic and all the satanic stuff is. Well, okay, but so, but technically speaking, I am from what I've heard, it's more like a deal, right? Like it's like you sign a contract with them. Like the, oh. they'll do. <laughs> dude, so, dude. No idea. It's like it's like they'll ask. For <laughs> no, but I, I actually have heard of what you're talking about. Yeah, I have heard. Like it falls falls into like the witchcraft, gin, and like like all that. I don't I don't know too much about uh signing contracts and stuff like that. No, but I, like I agreeing like yo, I need this person. Yeah, yeah. I like, think it's yeah. What were you saying? Yeah, basically, dude, I don't know too much about that. Like, I, I've heard about, I've heard a little bit about it, but it's basically, don't... I heard it's, uh, you, you do something for the djinn, and the djinn does something back for you, or the other way around. I don't know. You just... The only thing I've heard of that was, like, people doing, like, sacrifices of animals, like, spilling blood of some sort that the djinns want them to do, and there's a lot of people... Ooh. So there's like a lot of people like in the Arabian, like middle, the Middle East, like in Saudi Arabia that gotten caught because of that. And I think they've gotten like really bad punishments. I don't know what the punishments are. I think that's something we should search up. It's like a really cruel punishment yeah. for doing that type of stuff. Uh, I, I, yeah, like, like on the Wikipedia page, it's punishable by death. Yeah. Like it's in Saudi Arabia, they're, they're finding a lot of uh, like voodoo dolls in a lot of people's luggage. And... And that's been a very common in uh Saudi Arabia. That's what I was, that's what I've been like hearing and doing research up on. Is voodoo like is voodoo a thing? Uh, I don't know. Voodoo. It is, is a, thing. a thing. It is. A it's thing. for sure a thing because it it falls into black magic, sorcery, and stuff in like that category. Bro, it's like like for example, like people like people like so like any possessions that like aren't that don't have any life in them, like whether, whether it could be any belongings in some sort, people like put spells and stuff on it to put some sort of like identity or like some sort of soul into that non-inanimate object or something. When, it's really weird. When Saudi Arabia, It's like Annabelle type of stuff, bro. When, if you ever watch that. When Saudi Arabia arrests a girl for having an imaginary friend. <laughs> the, the direct quote from the wikipedia pages for that reason saudi arabia following wahhabism tradition of salafism i don't know what any of that means imposes a death penalty for dealing with jinn to prevent sorcery and witchcraft so apparently saudi arabia is very right. anti-jinn damn just a little yeah i know it's really bad in that area i've, I've seen a lot of people like in the states and the united states doing that type of stuff and getting away with it like there are a lot of youtube videos that i've seen like i don't want to bring this up but I've, there's a lot of youtube videos i've seen of people going to these like small little caves just to explore them and they see like a cult <laughs> just doing their thing <laughs> And <laughs> they see like a bunch of like. What kind of are you on? <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you. I right, continue, continue, continue. I'm telling you, I, I don't know how to spend my time right, bro. Like, I get bored and I start watching this type of stuff. <laughs> but, um, anyways, anyways, I see like, I see like, uh, what you would call it, like, like dead pigeons things and like different like dead animals that are used as sacrifices it's more i don't know if there's any penalty in the united states but obviously there is in the middle east but i've seen a lot of videos a lot of people that go to those places and encounter those type of people 
And obviously, those type of people aren't going to be the most nicest people in the world. So, obviously, it's not something that's good. So, do y'all think? Yeah. Um, actually, Ryan, you can go ahead. Yeah, you're right because uh, what we were learning in our the government class is like you can you can be a, a Satan worshiper and like do do stuff like that in the United States and like get a pass for it because we have freedom of religion like and it's like super like super free so but in Saudi Arabia it's like completely opposite like like you were saying if you're caught doing like black magic or something like that it's uh a death penalty or something like that, right? Whoever said that? I think it was a thief. Um, yeah. What did I say? I'm dead. Like, say, uh, weren't you... There's, like, a death penalty if you get caught in Saudi yeah, Arabia? Yeah, and there's none in America. What, uh, doing black... Because yeah, there's none in America, freedom. basically. I feel like... I feel yeah. like... Just, I just want to put some humor into it. I feel like the people that are in Saudi Arabia that, type of, that do that type of stuff just kind of, like flee like or just go to united states to um do this type of stuff so they don't so they could actually get away with it because i feel like if you're found over there you're just gonna it's an automatic death sentence and over here like they could do it all they want they could do it every day for all they care yeah that would definitely explain the saudi arabians i've met um moving on from the saudi arabia test Okay. <laughs> go to Travis. No offense to anybody who's Saudi Arabian or Middle Eastern. Saudi Arabia. No offense. Basel gave his phone number. Just if you have an issue, <laughs> take it up with them. He endorsed it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on. All right. If you want to the next topic. Um. Yeah. The next topic. That. Uh, indeed. Um. I sort of wanted to talk about um the influence of Shaitan. Just a tad. If we could get, or if y'all are comfortable with getting into that just a little bit, because I've heard, uh, I did mention the Merciful Servant video I watched a lot earlier, but I continually hear in uh, sort of like uh, khutbas and just like Islamic teachings that Shaitan plays this like huge role in influencing us. And I wondered if you guys had any sort of like a different perspective on that, because I don't really understand how that works per se. I've heard the thing about, like, uh, there's an angel on one shoulder and a devil on the other, and, like, they're trying to, like, convince you to do right and wrong. Or I, I don't know no. this, but uh, if you guys wanted to sort of venture into that, I'm more than happy to. So, talking about, there's no devil on your shoulder. There's, there's two angels on your shoulder. I think the one on your right shoulder, it writes down your good deeds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and on your left shoulder, it writes down your bad deeds. I got it confused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my fault. Yeah. And basically, the influence of Shaitan, I think it's a, I think, I mean, it, obviously, it's a big influence because it's, stop, it's stopping you from doing your good deeds, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, your good deeds have to, your good deeds have to outdo your bad deeds. That's yeah. one way, I think that's one way you can get into heaven, something like that, I'm not sure. But obviously, so your, your influence of Shaitan is like really big. Um, I think the way I see it is like throughout our days, we so obviously Allah's made the world, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made the world in a way where <clears throat> Muslims are told to pray five times a day. They're told to um, read the Quran every day, not, not necessarily every day, but zikr or some zikr or some sort of tilawat is necessary, following sunnahs. So, like, we have basic commandments that we do as Muslims every day, and shaitan basically plays the role of trying to 
trying to get us away from those things. So I feel like over time when people are tempted to do, tempted to do other stuff, um, from what I've heard, um, people say that there's always like an inner shaitan in you, not necessarily where shaitan's in your presence, but there's like an inner shaitan like in your conscious, which tells you to do the bad. Like, for example, like you're going to pray like Zohar, right? And you want to do something else. So the inner conscious or inner shaitan of you is going to be like, okay, so I'm I'm not going to read Zohar. I'd rather be doing something like this. So it just kind of builds up over time. Because as you guys know, Shaitan was put in this world or in this world to distract us from what's good. So I feel like Shaitan has a big influence over people. And over time, when people buy into what Shaitan tells us to do, like to get away from the stuff we're supposed to do, it becomes stronger and stronger and stronger to the point where you do nothing that's good. Okay. Is Shaitan... Uh, I'm just going to get this out of the way because I've always had this question. Is Shaitan one entity or multiple entities? Um, I'm actually not. Sh- I'm not sure on that, to be honest. But, I don't want to like. Sorry to cut you but off, but I don't want to. There's big main shaitan, obviously iblis, right? Big head hunter. Yes. Then, up there. But then I think, I think he has like, I think he has like other mini shaitans following him, right? Yeah. And yeah. So basically, each shaitan is. I think I'm not sure, but I think each shaitan is. Uh, task for one human being. I think that's how it works, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, we're not sure that. how this works, but like we don't, we're not, we're no scholars or anything. But we're just gonna say based off of what we know. Like Rayan said, um, there's one big, like main shaitan iblis. He's the actual person. Like if you guys know the story of um, Prophet Adam Islam and how iblis was the one that um, basically told him not to eat off the tree. And everything like that, or to eat off the tree, my bad. So there's one main shaitan, Iblis, and I think, I'm not sure about this, I can't really speak upon this, but I think it's just shaitan that's just everywhere. Like, there's so many people in this world, shaitan's literally going to be everywhere. It's not like one specific entity, it's probably multiple. Like, I, I don't know how to explain this, because obviously we're not scholars or anything like that. The, way, uh, the reason I was asking is because there's always like multiple angels or whatever that are just like vibing about in islam so i was wondering if there was just like multiple devils or if it was just like one huge entity that is so omnipresent that he can invade everyone's thoughts at once that was no i don't think that's the case my sort of question but but yeah there's no one entity also because when muslims go on hajj i know they have to throw uh stones at like Mm -hmm certain pillars and i know there's more than one pillar automatically like you know that automatically like answers but the, the, what we could say but we, what we could say from this is that there's one main there's more. that's in these who controls literally everyone there are different other shaitans over time but there's the one main one is at yeah. and there might be so many other shaitans out there or whoever they are out there just to um you know for every single human being or whatever the case might be i think only allah knows best on that Oh, I actually just found the the answer. Uh oh. Okay, so in the Quran, um, right, Shaitan was a. He said he worked together with the angels, and obviously the whole thing in the Garden of Eden happened. But in Hadith, that's when they go a little bit more in depth, and then they explain that there's multiple entities of Shaitan. Okay. And stuff like okay. that. Um, and, and it says, Shaitan is assigned to every human with Jesus as the exception. So, 
just to be kind of curious. Um, Are you sure? I'm not sure about that. Is that something that's Islamic or is that something that's more Christian based? That's Hadith, bro. (laughs) It's a Hadith, right? I'm I'm just making sure. I'm Googling it just to make sure that Wikipedia isn't lying to me. Okay. I'll never forget when um, I did for a class project, I looked up the Canadian flag and I got a Wikipedia link. I ended up getting an F because it gave me the wrong Canadian flag, which was fun. Um, okay. No. I can't. <laughs> no, I can't find anything on it. I think I would have to be a little bit more specific rather than copy and pasting it. But I'm sure someone will let us know. Some imam and some shit and mm-hmm. America. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> someone just banged something really loud and killed my headphones. Um, all right. Sort of wrapping up, I guess we should say. Uh, we, I, I, I know I said that we y'all wanted to talk about Juju Makjuj or Gaga Magog. Let's let's wrap it up. Let's let's wrap it up with Gog and Magog because the end of the world is going to be wrapped up. It's going to be used as a sign for Yajuj and Majuj. That's going to be one of the signs for mm-hmm. the end of the world, right? Have y'all looked into the yeah, on that, by the way? What theories? That, like, it's happening, like, now. Because there's, apparently, it was something about how um, they're going to appear. Okay, maybe we should explain what they are before I start talking. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know. I think Rayon could explain it. Ryan, you got this. Can you, can you explain Gog and Magog for the audience, sir? Okay, Ryan has just left. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess that sort of leaves me for the interpretation. Uh, actually, we do have actually, a, we have a special guest uh, scholar who might be no, never mind. Who, who doesn't? Okay, I think Ryan's back. I think Ryan's back. We just saw. It's about to be very confusing for any listener. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> my okay. My understanding of him before. Brian comes back, I guess, is that they're sort of a lost tribe or something among that nature that lives somewhere inside the world. But uh, apparent Ryan has informed me that my interpretation of it was wrong before the episode began. So until we do that, I'm not going to spread any lies. But they do appear during the end times, which I think is pretty significant. Yeah, it's one of the um, major signs of the Day of Judgment. I think. Since Rayon can't describe it right now, I'll kind of put it in a way that you guys can understand. Me, myself, I haven't done much research on it. I've watched a video like a long time ago, so I can't really say much. Mm-hmm. But I think they're two like beings that are separated by an iron wall. And um, they're very like, um, they don't look like us. They're very like um, different looking. Many people say that they may be considered very brutally ugly in a way. So... I feel I think it was I can't I don't want to say any false information. I think it's that um they um what you call it they go in a war of some sort of some sort against each other, which I feel I can't really say much because I, I don't really know much about this in general. Okay. I found uh I found some stuff. Um okay. So apparently there's two groups of people. Yezhuj and Majuj, this is the Islamic interpretation. Um, 
and they have journeys to the end of the world and they asked to to create a barrier to separate the two tribes and they did it but in the end of times the barrier will be removed is basically the translation of it um what i was told when i asked my parents about it was that they scratched and like tried to claw themselves out of the wall um and but each, each day and night the wall sort of rebuilds itself so they get set back directly it's sort of like the um I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Greek mythology or anything along that nature, but I think it's uh, Icarus has to shove a boulder up a hill. And oh, if boulder goes to the top of the hill, uh, he'll be set free. But every single time he nears the top, uh, which god Hades uh, kicks the boulder on him and he falls all the way back down. It's sort of like that. But um, instead, in this version, they will eventually be freed in the last stage. Okay. Ryan is now back, I think. Or he's just making a very striking pose. That was the laggiest audio ever. <laughs> I heard him all my life. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty bad. Try to turn off your Wi-Fi, bro. Um, so, so do y'all know what they do? Sort of, at, like, at the end time? Are they just freed and just vibe? Or? Um... <laughs> yeah. So they, I think, um, I think they just fight each other. I think that's what it is. They're just two separate tribes just fighting each other in war combat, something like that. That's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Dude, I was told they were like giants, and then they are no, like I said, they're really like they really they look nothing like human beings. They're considered very like brutally ugly. Um, their faces are deformed in a way. Oh, so it's they're Saudi Arabian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Relax, relax, relax. Again, no offense to any Saudi Arabian listeners. We have. I'm just gonna keep on roasting Saudi Arabians for, <laughs> for the remainder of the podcast. I think our I think our podcast is gonna we're gonna definitely kick us off our own platforms. As, Anyways, just just bleep that out. We'll be good. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um. Are you? I think we've explained it the best way we can. So are they just, that's it? They just defend the devil but at the end times? It's pretty late. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really can't say much about it. I don't know. I wish Ryan was in here. Oh, I found something. They are only half the height of a normal man. With claws instead of nails and a hairy tail and huge hairy ears. Wow. You know, the more we talk about this, the more this continues to sound like folklore and actual, like... Yeah religious yeah. text which is a little scary somebody bro i swear after this episode i'm gonna get some night bro after this episode i'm gonna get some night i'm gonna get some nightmares hardcore you get nightmares from talking about this? Yeah. brian all right um I'm... no no, no. I'm, I'm just saying brian is on a different level man this man's lag wait oh no Thing is, I can tell he's he's lagging because his camera's lagging. He's like teleporting right now. Anyway, it's a little <laughs> bit besides the point. Um, round, 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 round. Just unmute and try to talk. I don't think that's good. It worked. No, we <laughs> hear you. Pro- we hear you properly, bro. Wait, really? No, not anymore. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. 
I'd like to thank everyone who made it this far in the podcast. Um, this was probably the topic that we were a little bit more like most uneducated about. However, it's always fun to talk about because this has always been like the more like misunderstood side of Islam, um, especially because depending on where you're from, there's a lot of different cultural influences that depend on where you believe in it. Like I know since uh, I think Azan and Ryan, since they're both from Pakistan, there's a very different belief in it than what I've been told. But like I said, yeah, it's always good to talk about. Um, thank you all for coming to this episode. Next episode, we are going to have, um, I believe, Yusuf, Basel, and Lean come on to talk about why every single generation we're in, we stray further from uh, Allah's light, which I think is going to be a really cool topic to talk about. But we'll see how that goes. Um, so, peace, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye, guys.